we're just at the end of uh, a week when we've had an emerging scholar workshop here at CTI, the second year in a row that we've had such a workshop on the societal implications of astrobiology. And I'm here with two participants in that, Joanna Leidenhoek, who's a doctoral student in theology at the University of Edinburgh, and Sarah Reynolds, who's a doctoral stu student in history and the philosophy of science at Indiana University. And I know you also have a PhD uh, in physics already. Also with us is Lucas Mix, who was one of the leaders along with Fred Simmons this week. So I'll turn over to Lucas to get the conversation started. Thanks, Josh. It's been a really good week talking about various issues in astrobiology and uh, societal implications. We've had a really good time talking with people with theological backgrounds and history of science backgrounds and theory backgrounds and any number of disciplines about how the ideas in, in astrobiology interact with broader discourses about the world uh, and really about the way we see ourselves. So one of the discussions that I was hoping to share here was a little bit about how we see our individual work contributing to astrobiology, how we think astrobiology contributes to our work, uh, and how the two might come together to help us understand the world better. Joanna, could you say a little bit about how you see the, uh, the changing dynamic of of sciences and uh, and how this works with astrobiology. Yeah, I think um, what's really interesting about astrobiology is that um, as a new field, um, I wouldn't quite say it's finding its feet, but it's it's yet to be so strictly defined as to rule out things and and only include certain certain questions and certain issues. Obviously, um, at least this week, there's been a real focus over over life as an interdisciplinary concept. Um, which has huge implications ethically, um, theologically, and, and in terms of the different sciences, how they can all answer the same question, what is life, in vastly different ways and for with vastly different outcomes. Um, so I think that's one of the things we've been talking about that, that most clearly draws together the themes. Um, yeah, I think one of the... The fascinating things about astrobiology, and it, it, as Joanna says, it's a new field, but the thing is it also has a, a long history, and it also has this sort of um, almost universal appeal, right? One of the reasons it's been so popular and so successful is that uh, it's something that seems to immediately capture the human interest and imagination and thinking about some of these big questions, um, and I think it's one of the things that we found very valuable all week is uh, the way it really prompted us to consider things that maybe sometimes in the, in the minutia of, of scholarly work, we start to sort of drift away from something that's quite so uh, foundationally interesting to, to uh, the everyday person. One of the things that fascinates me is the way we put together our various insights, uh, certainly within uh, astrobiology as science, we can look at putting together geology and physics and chemistry and what are the, the rules for how we do that and how we think about things. It's been a, a, a bigger stretch, but I think very worthwhile to think about how we incorporate philosophy and theology and history into those types of questions in ways that are fruitful. Is there anything particular, Sarah, for you that has, has stood out in looking at some of these historical astronomers and the way both astronomy and theology have informed their picture of the world. 
Yeah, so I think one of the things that's interesting in looking back at history is that you find that people have always approached these sorts of questions with sort of natural intuitions that come, um, you know, it's, it's really hard to say where they come from, actually. I mean, I think some of them are shaped by the theology, the philosophy, the beliefs that are common to their period and their time. Uh, some of them seem to be also things that vary from person to person. So, for instance, um, I do some work on Johannes Kepler and the way that he thinks about uh, life on other worlds. He's a very eager and enthusiastic um, speculator on the possibility that there's life on other worlds in the wake of the invention of the telescope. And, uh, but on the other hand, you know, there's also Galileo, who's a contemporary of his and is much more reserved and cautious and isn't quite wanting to speculate about that yet. And so you have these very different um, sort of personal intuitions about how likely we think life is, uh, what sort of life we might expect, um, that seem to be really influenced by a whole variety of things. And I think we've, we found that also this week in having people from a lot of different fields come together. Some people from fields that maybe have a very different idea of what that life is going to look like than others. From my perspective, there's been a lot of academic siloing. We ask these questions in very different ways in different communities. And I've been really thrilled at how much astrobiology tries to bring them back together in a meaningful way. I like this concept that we have a, a cosmology or a worldview that really incorporates things we know from natural sciences, but is also doing these other things. And I know the, the two of you talked a little bit this week about how you saw that happening uh, and that shift. Is there anything that's particularly exciting about that or, or even a caution you might have for people who are putting together these bigger pictures? Yeah, absolutely. I think that one of the exciting things is that, um, that the methodology is not yet defined strongly. And when we define our methodology strongly, that's really where our disciplinary boundaries come in. Um, because to become a specialist in a certain way of looking at the world takes a lot of training. And so you have to focus on being, getting really good at that. Um, and we're all finite beings with a certain amount of time and energy. Um, and so there is a, a tendency towards that siloing. And I think it's often done along the lines of how we look, how we ask questions and the methodologies we employ. Um, the exciting thing about um, not having those strong methodological boundaries yet within a field like astrobiology is that it forces people to come together. But the danger is the conceptual confusions, I think, that can sometimes come from that. Although we've used lots of words this week, life, world, um, alien, human, and we kind of mean them in different ways. Um, psyche, actually another big one. Um, because we all come from different methodological approaches, what we actually feel is entailed by these words can be very diff different. Um, that's not to make the dialogue impossible in any way. It's just something I think we've all learned to be more wary of. How am I using language and how are my own disciplinary presumptions wrapped up in the language that I'm using that someone else may not carry when they use the same words? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a very good way of putting it. Um, I think it's it's, it's both the challenge and the excitement of interdisciplinary work is this fact that in having the discussion with people from other fields, from other disciplines, you, you run into those differences in definitions in ways that, that cause you to, to question um, what it is that you're talking about in the first place. And so you end up having that, that fruitful conversation of, you know, what life is 
for a synthetic biologist is completely different than what life is um, in a discussion about uh, what the life abundant uh, mm. promised by Christ means, you know. And so um, thinking about the way in which those words have these these very different meanings across all the different fields, I think has really brought us to some very fruitful conversations uh, and leaves us all to go home and, and rethink the way that we're, we're doing our own field with a little bit more understanding of how that's going to interact with and intersect with other fields, other disciplines, ways of, of looking at this knowledge. Do you have any words of advice for other people who are doing this kind of work about how to be conscious about doing it well? This is, I mean, this might be an odd suggestion, but I think one of the, one of the things that's actually great in astrobiology um, is that you can start with silly questions. Um, that sounds really odd, right? You know, usually in, in academics, we, we, we want to start with a very serious question and immediately get very serious about it. But, but in this week, uh, one of the things I really liked is that we sometimes dealt with, with very uh, seemingly simple and yet and, and a little bit fun in some ways questions about like, would you terraform Mars? Which, you know, at first I thought, well, you know, that's, that's not really what I do. I don't sit around and, and think about terraforming Mars. Um, but in having that conversation, it actually brought up a lot of our different uh, intuitions. We actually found surprising ways that, that having that conversation uh, touched on our different fields and uh, different insights into it. And um, so starting from what seemed like a maybe slightly silly question, we ended up getting some places that actually were really significant and I think have a lot of import for the way that we think about um, humanity's relationship with the environment and the degree to which the environment being inhabited or even inhabitable uh, is a, a strong condition in the way that we think about its value. Once you start talking about aliens, it's easier to think broadly uh, and maybe get around some of the issues that on their face can be very difficult for us, like the significance of life or the beginning of life. Uh, when we talk about life elsewhere, it gives us a certain amount of, of space to get into those questions uh, in ways that can help us, I think, reframe uh, our own approaches and look at new ways. So there's a lot of, I guess, perspective that for me we get from astrobiology in trying to take this, this bigger picture. I think one of the most beneficial things um, from a, from the perspective of theology has been the way that um, astrobiology is a kind of inherently imaginative field at the moment. Um, the sky's the limit. <laughs> um, and and it, can, it can really help to reimagine age-old theological questions in this new forum. And I think it can be very fruitful for that. It's a kind of a new canvas um, to repeat some of the questions that have bothered human beings for the last several thousand years. I was just going to ask if either of you had a, a particular uh, science finding that had excited you or, or motivated you recently that uh, you might want to share. When I suppose the most one of the most recent big scientific scientific discoveries and um, new 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 things in the scientific community was the discovery of the gravitational waves, right? That sent ripples, ha ha ha, through the scientific community. Um, and and waves have play out in interesting kind of ways when you look at um, um, 
views of the spirit, actually. So, I mean, Wolfhart Pannenberg's view of fields and fields of force being to do with the Holy Spirit um, and how we understand those and the idea that, that the gravitational um, is a wave, like a field with a wave. Um, kind of, you know, it just sends, well, what am I thinking here? Does this, do I just have to say, nope, they're just different types of things and um, all our language is metaphorical and analogical? Um, or do we want to say something that ties the physical and the spiritual together more closely. It just, I don't think it's um, threatening to Christian theology in any way when these kinds of scientific discoveries are made, but it's it's always a good point to stop and think, how does this, How do, do I need to change my language in light of this? Um, what does this actually, how is this going to interact? Maybe in positive ways and maybe in challenging ways. Um, so that would be one example of that. Yeah, I think, um... There's many things that I think have been really fascinating uh, in the discoveries of exoplanets and the way that we're getting closer and closer to um, hopefully having knowledge of some of these very distant worlds. And hopefully, you know, the, the thought is to have some idea of whether they could be worlds that could sustain life or even maybe show some indication of doing so. Um, I think this week, I was really fascinated to, to hear the differing perspectives from different people in the group. Um, we had everyone from uh, people that work in cognitive science and are thinking about human consciousness and um, how that would look in the context of discoveries of other possible forms of life, um, to uh, synthetic biology, uh, thinking about the way that uh, life is created or could be created in the lab, if that's something that can be achieved. Um, I was fascinated by uh, the discussion about uh, viruses and these giant viruses that apparently have, have brought back the question about whether viruses are alive or living in some way and uh, what that means to our understanding of them and of our relationship to them. The other thing that I think has been really exciting for me this week, since I come more from the sciences and the history of sciences, is seeing the way that uh, modern theologians um, actually are really embracing some of these issues. And I've, I've been very impressed by the, um, the, the interest and, and the level of knowledge, really, in, in some of the discussions, the philosophy being done in the realm of theology to incorporate some of those new discoveries. Um, in ways that, you know, I've, I've looked a little bit at how some of that happened historically, but it's not something that uh, I, I get to see much in the everyday, so it's been very good to see the, the theology that's playing out as part of it. It's fascinating. Very cool. It's been a really good week, and it's been delightful to have you here talking. I'm looking forward to continuing the conversation. Uh, as we go forward, there's a, a developing community of people talking about our place in the universe and how both science and the humanities inform us. Thank Thanks you for all. having us. Thank you. Thanks, Lucas. <laughs>